my great joy to introduce to you the three musketeers hailing from the land of remote work. We have Marissa, career coach and queen of all. We have Jeff, our sassy SEO shaman. And we have Diego, who has spent his 20s building a community of remote working lunatics. Sure, these folks are going to be the people that will get you beach commute ready. And they'll do it in the most exciting way possible. So, happy listening. Welcome, everybody, to the Digital Nomad Experts podcast brought to you by Beach Commute. Got Jeff and Marissa with you today. We're going to be talking to you about the top 10 places to live as a digital nomad for under $1,000 per month in 2022. This topic got brought up actually through a little bit of research through the previous works, the previous podcast that we did where we talked about the top questions people ask according to searches on a monthly basis. A huge part of that was where do we live? Like what are actual locations to go to? We coupled that with the fact that our most popular episode by hundreds of plays is actually starter locations. So what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about the top 10 places that we've actually been to and we're going to relate some of our experiences to those places that we've been to. And then on top of that, we've used some some metrics that we found online that'll tell you just about exactly what it's gonna cost you to buy food, how much it's gonna cost you to rent in the city center, all that kind of stuff. So you can get an idea of a direct comparison of what it'll cost you to live in your house versus this destination that we're recommending for a cheaper place to live. So before we even jump to that, hello, Marissa. Where are you coming to us from today? I'm actually back in the States. I came back for a family wedding after traveling the last six months. So I just came back from Thailand after a nice scooter injury. (laughs) That was fun. So recovered from that, was able to travel, and I'm in the States visiting some family for a little bit. Ladies and gentlemen, Marissa has a hole in her leg presently. How's that hole in your leg? Did you patch that up? My hole is patched by itself. It only took a month for my hole to grow back in my ankle. That was a rough one. And in Thailand, I couldn't walk for a month. I couldn't leave my house pretty much for a month. So maybe that's a, mm. uh, a whole story for another day of how to deal with that when you're traveling. But I'm happy to be walking again. Very grateful, very thankful, and excited to chat about our top 10 recommendations for cheap places to travel as a digital nomad. (laughs) Let's do it. We got a list of 10. We're going to go back and forth. We're going to go Marissa to me back and forth again and just hammer through these. So let's get started. Can I share a quick caveat, Jeff? Before before we jump right in, I just want to say, as Jeff and I put this list together for for you, for you, our wonderful listener, another thing we were considering is, you know, there's there's tons of cheap, cheap, I can't even speak, Jeff, there's tons of cheap places to go. That hole in the leg. I think I have a hole in my brain too, but we already knew that. We really wanted to give you guys a list of not just like the top 10 cheapest places to go in the world because you can go some really inexpensive places, but places that are under $1,000 for, you know, about a month for rent for, you know, to pay for a place to live, but also that you're going to enjoy being where there's a nomad community, where there's Wi-Fi. So again, this is very different than a list if you just top it, type in you know, cheapest mm. places to travel versus like how you really want to travel and work and live as a nomad. And we had to cut this list down too. There's, you know, I feel like there was 10 more places we wanted to include. So maybe for another day, but these are really the top of the top that you're going to want to start for, for these great destinations. Did I miss anything? So we had to talk ourselves down off the ledge a little bit on a few of these. 
But that's going to leave the uh, leave the option open to future episodes in the future. If you guys like this kind of discussion, we can definitely expand this topic probably within a half an hour or so. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah. All right. Let's jump in. Okay. P- spot number one, Bali. Marissa, tell me about yes. Bali. Why is it cheap? Why is it good? Why do we go to Bali? Yeah, I feel like we have to kick it off with Bali because it's it's like the digital nomad destination. It can be a little hard for some people time zone wise if you're working a US or even sometimes European time zone. But just in general, if you can make the time zone work, Bali is, in my opinion, sort of the best of the best. It is, you can get an amazing place for under $1,000 per month. So I was just living there, what was it, three months ago. I want to say I was living in a place that was probably around $850 or so, maybe a little less than that, everything included for the month. And it was, you know, my own place. It had a pool. It was in a great location. I was like a five minute, maybe less scooter ride from the beach, tons of I mean, Bali is, I feel like everywhere I went, I, I was looking, I was like, cafe, 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 restaurant, restaurant. Like you, you can't even get to all the amazing places you want to go in the time Like you could live there forever and you'll never get through them. And it's just, yeah, the, the quality of life, the people, the food is amazing and healthy. There's tons of different like workout classes and places and just the nomad community. It, it's almost entirely nomadic. So you've got, in terms of Chengu and, Chengu and Ubud, it's just, yeah, so many people to to meet, so many adventures to go on, and then the Balinese people are, I think, just some of the most amazing. So I could go on and on forever about it. I won't, but take my word for it. It's it's still affordable. I went there a couple months ago, as I said, and I was there about five years ago living as a nomad as well. And the prices have definitely gone up since then. I, I honestly feel like it's almost one and a half or double the prices it used to be, and it's still affordable. So it's it's rising, it's getting more and more crowded, but it's it's still on the list for this year. It's a thing. This is a really timely conversation. We're looking at huge inflation, like 10% inflation in the States or so. So it's a good time to start thinking about going to these places where people are thinking, where can I get a little bit more value for my money? Especially yeah. if you're like North American based and you're getting squeezed a lot. This list is absolutely for you. It's going to take you a lot further for a lot longer. Okay, so looking at Bali, you mentioned you got a place for a thousand. The numbers Less, on it was like eight hundred and something. Eight hundred. Okay, it was a really nice place. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going to get when you look online, you're going to get the median of like mediocre places to really good places. So this website numbio.com will give you a good range, right? It's not going to give you. I'm not going to be able to go to Bali and say, I want a place for 492 bucks per month. It, it doesn't work that way. But it's going to give you just a general gauge, plus or minus what you're going to be looking at. So according yeah. to Numbio, you can get a one-bedroom apartment in the city for 492 bucks a month. If you get a three-bedroom apartment in the city center, you're looking at about 1100 bucks per month. And a really good way to just gauge what the exchange rate would look like oddly enough is people will use mcdonald's as just kind of (laughs) the standard for what does mcdonald's cost here versus what does mcdonald's cost there and you're able to kind of mentally calibrate to what everything else is going to cost based on your mcdonald's price okay so we chose a comparison city which would be austin texas in the states to bali and we're going to do a dollars to dollars comparison for this if you were to buy a mcmeal at mcdonald's 
or equivalent combo meal, whatever that means. You're looking at eight. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> I, don't either, I don't know either. You're going to look at about eight bucks US. If you're going to get that in Bali, it's going to be about 367 US. Further, there's another category on here. What does a meal cost for two people at a mid-sized restaurant for three courses? In Austin, Texas, it's about $74. In Bali, it's about $22.58. Okay, so just mentally think, all right, you're about one third to one quarter the price if you're living in a pretty big city center in the States. Needs to say, goes a long way. Yeah. Yeah. It's so wild to, I know these are kind of average numbers, but I just came back from Asia where everything is so, like you get really great quality of food Mm. and amazing food. And for me, like when I was in Bali, you know, I'd go work at a, at a really nice cafe with beautiful views of a rice field and some of the best food I'll ever eat. And it's probably, you know, $4 for, for the whole meal and drink or whatever I get. And then I came back to the States and I got a salad at this place the other day and it was $16 and it wasn't good. And I was <laughs> oh, like, I miss Asia. So anyway, uh, yeah, it's it's all of this to be said, like Jeff said, as we give you these ranges, you know, in Bali, sure, you could find a place for $400 if you're like a little bit farther out or want something a little less nice versus you could find something for $2,000 a month if you want you know something really, really nice right by the beach, whatever it is. So there's going to be ranges, but these are just sort of average prices that, you know, we know you can get a, a pretty good place to stay for under a thousand for the month. I was just in Carmel, which is near Monterey in California. It's, oh, yeah, I've been it's, there. You've been there? Oh, great. So it's where Clint Eastwood was the mayor. You can still see him. <laughs> My mom actually met him a couple weeks ago in a bar. To- he was totally cool. Shook her hand and everything. Give him the whole, gave her the whole Clint, Clint, like wink of the eye type of thing. But anyways, anywhere that you're going where Clint Eastwood is the mayor, it's going to cost you a fortune. You're looking at like <laughs> 22 bucks a burger, something like that. Yeah. It was, it yeah. Was, I was it's, just in California as well. Monopoly I, like, money. I don't miss these prices either. Nope. That's for sure. Nope. But, it's monopoly money. All right. Let's let's keep moving on. Next on the list, we got you mm-hmm. for Medellin, Colombia. Tell us tell us what it's like to live there and why it's a good affordable place. Yeah, very inexpensive. Though again, I'm gonna give you this I'm gonna give the same caveat that you just gave for Bali. In mm-hmm. the time from last year when I was there to this year. The prices for rent, especially in the most popular area, Poblado, went up easily 50%. Like I rented yeah. a place that was... Everywhere has, it's wild. Yeah, I, I rented a place I think was around... I mean, I did a perfect like apples to apples comparison. This Airbnb was 100 bucks last year and it's now 150 bucks this year. So just keep that in mind. Like while the prices are lower, they're still growing, but the prices of real estate and rent are shooting through the roof, right? So we're going to talk about how cheap it is there, but also I'm going to give you some advice and say maybe check out, instead of going to Poblado as a default, which most digital nomads do, maybe check out Laureles, that's L-A-U-R-E-L-E-S, as a second option because it's more of an up-and-coming neighborhood in the city as opposed to Poblado, which has kind of gone down that digital, digital nomad path that has matured, and everybody kind of knows about it. And you've got all the backpackers and all the first-time travelers there. And their money is just inflating everything. So we'll just throw that aside <laughs> and say maybe check out Lorellis. But that said, your cost of living is really, really low. If you hop on Rappi, which a lot of people know about as a delivery service, you're going to be paying maybe $0.50 cents US 
to get a delivery of meals that generally are never over $10. I mean, I'm usually ranging between about five to 10 bucks per meal. If I eat out, the most I could possibly spend if I'm trying really, really hard is about 15, 15 US, all right? So we can get into some of the specific numbers here, but really it doesn't matter because it's like you really get a lot of value. So according to Numbio, an inexpensive restaurant will run you $3.80 versus 16 in Austin and a two-person meal is 20 bucks versus 74 bucks. And then rent is going to completely depend on where you go in the city. I'm actually not even going to give you the numbers because it's going to completely depend on where you are in the city. If you're well, super... Give us some numbers. Give us just like <sighs> kind of what could you like what where what did you pay where you stay or like about what are we talking for? I was staying at nice places in Poblado in excess of a hundred bucks a day solo. If I was with when I was with a person, I was sharing a place for about sixty bucks a day or so. So okay. you're in the neighborhood, if you're sharing with one person, say you're going to pay 1500 bucks a day for really nice accommodations. If you scale it back a little bit, say you go to Lorellis, you, you get a place that's not quite so fancy, you're probably going to be like we had a guy rent there for about 500 bucks a month. He negotiated through an actual lease and not an Airbnb. I think it was 400 to 500. If you get just a mid-range place on Airbnb in Lorellis, you're probably 700 to 800 bucks a month. So this still does definitely qualify under the 1000 per month, but just keep in mind you could shoot that up really really quick depending on <laughs> yeah. how fancy you want to get. Yeah, and same with Bali, same with anywhere and sure, totally. again like yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Anything else? What's what's our McDonald's burger comparison? Oh, our McDonald's burger. <laughs> it is gonna run you eight bucks in Austin and four ninety two in Medellin. Good catch. Perfect. So half half the cost of living in Austin, basically. Cool. All right. Number three. To you is going to be we're going back to Asia for Chiang Mai. Yes. All right. So I just spent the last two months in Thailand. I was actually living on a little island in Copenhagen, which I loved. Maybe we'll do that on another one. It's a little bit harder to get to as a first-time nomad, but it's a great place. But Chiang Mai is, I would say, kind of the Thailand hotspot for nomads to start. It's in the north of the country. It's landlocked. I Jeff knows, obviously, the name of our company, Beach Commute. I'm a beach girl, so the islands are where I like to stay. Chiang Mai is really, it's landlocked, but it's got some beauty. People who love the mountains love it. And it's a lot of, it's got great work vibes. Like people who just want to go and like get stuff done, be surrounded by other entrepreneurs, serious workers, like tons of great co-working spaces and cafes. That's a place to go. You can get, I, I haven't been there and it's been a lot of years since I was last there, even though I was just in Thailand, but you can get, so yeah, I, I can't say exact prices today because I haven't compared it, but I definitely know you can get a great apartment for under a thousand bucks, tons of options. And it's, it's nice. There's just a lot of conveniences. Like I lived when I was there a couple blocks from a mall where you kind of still have everything you need. So I know it sounds weird. Sometimes you like to immerse yourself, but to me, you kind of get the best of both words, worlds where you're really, I can't speak today. Immersed. That that is a hard (laughs) word to say today. You are immersed in the Thai culture, like the, the people, the food. I think Thailand has some of the best food in the entire world. And Chiang Mai within Thailand is one of the top of the top. But then you also still have your modern conveniences and things that you need. So it's just a really easy 
a really easy place to live. You don't need a car. You don't even need a scooter. It's really easy to get around. You can walk almost everywhere. It's really easy to get, you know, equivalent of taxis or motorbikes. And then there's some fun adventures in the mountains nearby. So, yeah, super affordable. The food is, oh gosh, what was I just paying in Thailand? For for a meal, you can get, honestly, there's like upscale restaurants and stuff, but a lot of the Thai food, like the food markets. So, for example, I would I would literally pay $2, 2 to $3 for like the best salad or best, you know, it's like a dollar for pad thai, $2 for like really great food of all kinds. And it's, yeah, it is unreal. It's hard to live anywhere else in the world when you, after leaving those places. So yep. that's, that's my thoughts on Chiang Mai. I think I just went to a place in the States. The pad thai was 17 bucks or something like that. Ugh. And it's, I, and it's not as good either. Sure like that's the sad part. Of course not. I'm sure it's not. Am I reading this right? It's, it's showing me inexpensive restaurant Austin, sixteen inexpensive restaurant Chiang Mai, a buck fifty. Like it again with all of these. It's so hard because if you go to yeah. sort of just depends where you are and what you're going to. I think a lot of places raise some prices for the the type of cafes that they know digital nomads like to work at. So it's probably uh-huh. going to be closer to maybe four or five dollars, maybe three dollars, three, four or five dollars for, you know, like a really good, healthy, like solid meal, with coffee, you know, that sort of thing. But if you're just going to a random, you know, restaurant on the side of the road, then uh-huh. the food's probably just as good or better. And it's not like the you know work like the cool modern cafe ambiance and the price is is right so it just depends Uh what you're looking for okay we'll get through the rest of these here the meal for two mid-range restaurant three course 1363 81 percent cheaper than austin (laughs) texas your mcmeal is coming in a little higher at 545 31 (laughs) percent cheaper like this one marissa domestic beer a buck 66 you know that makes me happy (laughs) <laughs> and lastly, let's take a look at if we want to rent some apartments. This sounds insane, but you're going to have to correct it if it's wrong. A one-bedroom in the city center, 297 bucks per month. A three-bedroom, 274 per month. Yeah, that's going to be the same. I would guess it's much more than that at this point now. Maybe mm. four to $800 for somewhere that most of our list, like, again, a pretty average apartment that just has, like, a small kitchen, you know, a bedroom, a, you know, basic, clean, nice, modern. But I think that a lot of these prices are showing, you know, if you go sort of right outside the exact area walkable that you want to be and it's maybe not quite as Mm -hmm. nice you know then you could definitely find an apartment to live in for that amount for sure okay well let's yeah let's make a little change of pace here we're going to go from chiang mai to eastern europe tell me about bansko from last year thanks go your your little your favorite I know. I really, everyone, well, I don't know if everyone knows, maybe if you're newer to our podcast, you'll, you will soon learn that Europe is not my personal favorite. It is Jeff's favorite. So yeah, take that with a grain of salt. But to me, Banksco is like a little, a little gem within Europe that I actually really enjoyed living. I still go to all the places. I try them all, but Europe's not usually my thing and I loved it. So I did a whole episode. If you, if you go back to number 11, I literally did an entire episode just on Banksco. Um, if that is calling your name, you can learn a little bit more about it, but it's just a funky little place. There is a co-working space there 
that's really made a name for Banksco. They do a Nomad Fest every every summer. It just happened maybe last month. Oh. So in I'm like, what month is it? It's usually in July. That's really just kind of put it on the map. Most people know it as a like a, a winter ski town that people in Europe go to. Yeah, kind of holiday winter time for skiing and snowboarding. But in the summer, it's really enjoyable as well as a nomad. It's got a great community it's one of those places because it's so small and kind of funky like you go you meet people really quickly there's a whatsapp group for like all the nomads there and people just say you know this event's happening that's happening come to this dinner it's it feels like a really Uh. kind of small town easy nomadic place to be so it's different like it it doesn't have the amazing appeal of of bali you know it's not an Uh. island it's not the beach but it's got the forest and there's lots of hiking like you just smell pine trees when you go it's awesome and it Uh. bulgaria is very very inexpensive for the theme of this episode so honestly when we talk about places like you can find a 400 hundred dollar apartment like in the place you want to be that's going to be pretty much they're they're all pretty similar apartments there like a a nice-ish apartment so inexpensive like it it compares to asia if you're looking for somewhere in europe and the food is Mm. yeah honestly like three dollars for a meal for i think i think really amazing food they've got some of the best like cheese in the world in my opinion (laughs) Uh, random thing there's there's so i go to the grocery store and it's just like fresh cheese after fresh cheese i just wanted everything with cheese on it (sighs) but yeah it's just a cool little place in nature and very inexpensive but yeah anything i missed there no, it's just a good note to add that most people don't associate Europe with being affordable because everybody yeah. thinks of Europe. You're, they're always inevitably thinking of Western Europe. You're thinking the, yeah. the classics: Germany, Italy, France, Spain, France, Amsterdam, yeah, yeah. UK, which is going to absolutely yeah. kill your bank account. Ireland, same exact thing. Yeah. Like anything in the Western side, yeah, definitely you're going to burn through your savings. But <laughs> let me tell you, I mean. If you're into the European thing, and even Marissa got into Bansko, so some of you definitely will too. There are, it's one of the places left of hidden gems for, oh, you know what? We didn't get George on this list for the next one, making a nose. Okay. Back to, back to the point here. It's kind of <laughs> left with some hidden gems, which are really, really good for digital nomads yeah. that are extremely expensive, which will actually rival a lot of Latin American countries. We're going to see a lot of the ones that we go through are going to have very, very similar expenses to most Latin American countries. And Bansko is definitely one of them. So in keeping with this Eastern European theme, let's go to one more place. We'll do Budapest. Wait, you've got to give our McDonald's comparison and then we'll move <gasps> oh, on first for the McDonald's for comparison. For Sorry, I jumped ahead. Let's let's get Gosh, a couple. Jeff. Sorry, let's. This was my idea, and I I just completely. And then Jeff threw it is the, the wall. Ill, Ill, I'll just kind of talk to you creatively. Jeff is like, let me give you the numbers. This is <laughs> this is Jeff's. He loves this. Well, but I'm just thinking if somebody's you. got money in their pocket, they want to know how far it's going to go. It's I don't know. I find <laughs> it kind of interesting. Okay, so. Meal for two, mid-range, three-course, 26 bucks versus 74. Inexpensive restaurant, 628 versus 16. The McMeal is coming in at 596 versus 8, so 25% right, discount. Right. A buck 83 beer, like that. And your rent, like you mentioned, coming in pretty cheap here. Oh, very cheap. 373 U.S. dollars per month in the city center. Three bedrooms, 535. You, you don't get a whole lot better than that. That comes yeah. in easily under your 1,000 threshold. 
Yes. All right. Next, now Budapest. We're ready. Okay. And then back to you. Budapest. Yes. And let's. Why don't we both tag team this one since we both went to Budapest okay. within the same month? I would say. I know. Um, yeah. My experience with Budapest. Very, very brief, as I think yours was as well. I was only yeah. there for like a day and a half, two days, something like that. Yeah, I was there a week, a little longer, but oh, okay, still, maybe still you not lead a, month. a little bit. My my experience here, very, very cool. I mean, it seems like Romania in ten years, like it's evolved a little bit. Like you get a, a few more of the developed nation type of amenities. You get the nicer restaurants. You get kind of like some of the nicer hotels and that kind of stuff but at the same time the prices are like pretty good and the restaurants are also really really good i had a hard time finding a bad restaurant i had a hard time finding a bad bar too there were the did you go to the ruins bars when you were there i did i did okay tell me about your experience with that because i thought that was totally cool yeah, it was cool. We went, I don't know, I spent one, I was there just one night at the Ruin Bars, and I was very tired, so probably not the best to speak to, like, the best ex- <laughs> the best experience of it. Okay. But like you said, there's you can you can talk to it if you want, but there's tons of bars, just tons to explore. I feel like every corner you turn in Budapest is some of the most beautiful architecture, mm. which is not something I'm normally appreciative of, but it's, like, you jaw-dropping. I feel like you just, it, it's it's truly amazing. So for me... I love just like exploring the city by foot, walking around. Mm. There's ton, like you said, it, it's, not only are there restaurants, I feel like there's so much shopping and just tons of like, mm-hmm. I don't know, normal stores that you'd see everywhere, mall type places, but also like just cool boutiques and just tons of, I don't know, cool local things to do. Like you go mm-hmm. to their sort of like ancient spas, like their pools and just, yeah, there's, there's lots of cool, it's a good mix of sort of touristy city and also a cool hip place to live. And yeah. affordable. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a good place. That's that's a good way to put it. You'll see all of this like ancient stuff, like all of this historical stuff. But at the same time, it's you can see it's very, very trendy. Like they're they're really yeah, doing stuff, trendy. and it's it's really up and coming. Like Romania is not there yet. It's like kind of looking at it, and <laughs> Bucharest is like, hey, I'm I'm here. I'm ready to go. Let's get some people in here. And I feel like at some <laughs> point down the road. They're going to get enough people in there, and then it's going to be. I don't know, be... Jeff. I think you're hopeful for that for Bucharest. My poll. Do, do you think? Do you think I'm? You... No, no, no. I was talking. No, no. I was, I was talking about. I was talking about Budapest. Sorry, I. I might have oh, mixed them up. Oh, you said Bucharest. You're saying. Oh Romania. no, no, no. I'm saying Bucharest isn't there yet. I feel like Budapest is there, uh, and I think Bucharest is not there because they're too stubborn. Agree. And they don't know okay, what they're doing. Yeah, Budapest. Yes. All right, I follow. Is an evolved version, like it's a matured version yes. of what Bucharest should be at some point in the future. Yes, yes. Okay, I support that. <laughs> Let's All get right, to give the us numbers. Some cost comparison. Yes. So a McMeal five twelve, not bad. Inexpensive restaurant six or seven sixty eight. Meal for two, mid range thirty eight bucks. So far, that tops the list. Still. You're not breaking the bank. That's forty eight percent of what you and pay we're in Europe. So in still, Texas, like, the prices for and we're in Europe, exactly. If you were to rent out a place in the city center, 435 which is 80% cheaper, and a three-bedroom is 816 also 80, 81% yeah. cheaper, still super affordable. I would say prices as well for someone listening, I think fourth, if it was a 435 or something, again, like, yes, you could find something like that, but it might not be where, like to the level that you want to stay at. But I would say mm-hmm. it's, it's probably going to push closer to that 1,000 mark for 
like a good apartment that you, you know, are comfortable and happy like if you're in there working a full day and, and that sort yeah. of thing so keep in mind but again with all of these like could you find something for that absolutely and could you also find some like a cool modern awesome place for 2000 like you could probably find that too but I think yeah for the purpose of this you like expect that sort of $1,000 mark for for like a pretty decent place there's there's kind of two lists here there's one list that's like absolutely under one thousand dollars and another one is like budget and you'll come in around a thousand dollars it seems like yeah yeah so but no i think you can get like you we got i can't remember what i paid there but it was a decent amount like you can find a a good apartment for a thousand bucks i also went pretty Mm -hmm. last minute and i feel like a lot of the options were limited by the time i I booked it so that might be one just you want to sort of like book it more in advance than than i like to do but yeah hopefully that gives you a good idea for budapest all right number six let's jump continents and marissa let's go to cape town all right cape town yeah so i was surprised to see that this was in the thousand or less list yeah it can be a little tricky sometimes the prices have definitely risen it's sort of a mix between sometimes it feels like it's really like some things there are really inexpensive housing is kind of the thing that's the most expensive so for cape town you can find some of the most epic like amazing food i'm not i'm not the coffee snob like you and diego i don't really drink coffee because it makes me crazy but you can get like amazing coffee amazing food very inexpensively you can still hit that like under a thousand dollar mark for places to live and it certainly varies depending on the neighborhoods that you live in but housing is on it's a little bit more expensive on the housing side to be like in the best of the best places to get you know, great modern places or somewhere, but you can definitely find places to live. And there, like I know a lot of places you look on Airbnb, that one's a good one to have sort of find an inn, get some like local people. They have what are called guest houses, which basically Mm. imagine almost like a large, a mansion is the wrong word, but imagine like a big, almost like an inn, like a, a bed and breakfast style inn. So it'll have kind of like a common kitchen where maybe they'll they'll have a breakfast that you can pay. I think it was like $2 for the breakfast or something like that. And it has a common living room. And it's actually kind of nice as a nomad because when I was there, some of our nomad friends have put me in touch with it. Like everyone had stayed there and I moved in. There was a guy there. I didn't even know he was there. And like I knew him, you know, just so it, it's neat uh-huh. just to kind of have... It's almost like a a co-living house, but it's owned by, you know, just like a local person. It kind of operates almost Mm -hmm. like a hotel. So that's the most common. But they also have Airbnbs and normal apartments. So, yeah, you can definitely find things. And the neighborhoods vary. But if you want to hear more about Cape Town as well, I interviewed Diego right when he'd been there. I think it's episode number 22, if you're really curious about it. But Cape Town's just, it's amazing for the, like, it's one of those places that's just jaw-droppingly beautiful. Like, everywhere I walked, I just couldn't believe. I feel like I was just looking around between the ocean, the mountains. It's it's stunning. So, yeah, it's a it's a cool place. And we've mentioned this several times. So, I, I love exploring Africa. I just spent some time in South Africa and Namibia and Mauritius. But Cape Town's kind of one of the easiest places as a, as a nomad. You're going to feel comfortable there's like a ton of co-working spaces it's got good wi-fi and it's it's affordable and it definitely has it's one of the places for me that felt the most unsafe of of any places i've traveled in terms of what everyone told me like watch your back in terms Mm. of 
someone will steal your phone if you are walking alone at night. Someone will take, like, there's, you know, theft and that sort of thing. But a lot of our nomad friends, it's it's their favorite place in the world. And they want to move, like, they're living there full time. They go for three months every year. So don't let it hold you back. But something to be mindful of as well. But it's, it's certainly still in the affordable place. And it's one of the places to be, you know, by the ocean and in a city, like it, it's got city vibes and shopping mm. and all all the amenities you could ever want or need to have it be that affordable. Like it it it's almost kind of like Rio or like Los Angeles, but for way well, I don't know about Rio prices, but compared to Los Angeles, it's the same sort of vibe in terms of mm. mountains and city and ocean. But it's probably a quarter of the price of of LA. So that's sort of my my top level view of Cape Town. Well, for that kind of value, I mean, look at this. We. If we're looking at an apartment in Austin, you're at about twenty two hundred bucks per month, and you're six eighty two in Cape Town. So I do see that price increase. Like it doesn't actually jive with the, with the like the cost of stuff, cost of goods. Yeah. Like I see above yeah. in the sh- in the sheet here, but it's I think it is the highest thing that we've seen so far. So you're looking at six eighty two again, depending on where you go, how nice you want to get, and then a three bedroom if you wanted to. Split ways, you'd be around thirteen fifty four. Your McMeal is going to be coming in at four dollars and eighteen cents. A meal and expensive restaurants about half of what you pay in Austin eight ninety five. Yeah. A two person mid mid range thirty five bucks or so, and a beer two sixty nine. A little bit higher on the list, but it's definitely still qualifies, especially based on what you told me about the value that you get from living there. All these different combinations of things yeah. in one place, like still, yeah. st- despite its popularity for digital nomads, still seems like somewhat of a hidden gem, right? Yeah. Cool. So next on the list, we are coming up on number seven. I'm going to stay with you. We're going to go to South America for Buenos Aires. All right, we got Argentina. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this one, I was there back in 2019. I actually went with Wi-Fi Tribe, so I didn't get the housing myself. It's hard to say exactly what it'd be, but I definitely know your money goes a long way, and this changes sometimes with, with inflation and depending on what's going on in Argentina at the moment. But you can get a really cool apartment in some of the best neighborhoods for under $1,000 for sure. Food is pretty inexpensive there. I think they've got really good food personally. Everyone loved the cafes or tons of places to work. So this one is more, it kind of feels like you're you're living in a city, I would say closer to that Budapest sort of feel where it's, there's shopping and there's all sorts of stores, but you know, it's, it's not the same nomad community that you might have in Bali or Medellin, but you can certainly find lots of nomadic people living there. I would say like a lot of people like it as their first time sort of, I just want to go live in a different city. I want to live in a different place. I want to experience people call it. I don't remember what kind of, it's like the, like the kind of Paris or Barcelona of South America. It's got a lot of European influence. So it's for someone who wants to experience South America, but not really dive into the full sort of South America, Central America kind of feel, which I personally love. Like I would prefer that personally. But if if you're looking for a city that feels kind of European, kind of American mix, that's that's uh-huh. an easy it's like an easy kind of first step, I would say, but definitely affordable. Your money goes a long way in Argentina typically. Yeah, it looks really cheap. An expensive restaurant, seven bucks. Two people mid range, twenty eight bucks. McMeal is five bucks, or my beer is a buck eighty-five, and then the rent, 
wow, it was the rent really this cheap? Like around three hundred to four hundred bucks per month, three bedrooms, six forty. Oh, well, you don't know you didn't book it. When it, I know, but even still, I feel like this website—it's almost like double whatever it's saying for for. I feel like the the type of places I would want to stay at least that are really in the exact location you want to be in that's walkable to all the things it's maybe a little bit nicer but like could you find something for that on the outskirts like of, of the neighborhoods these yes. are also assuming these prices they're assuming that you're going to get on the ground and get a lease i think at, like a 12 month lease which right? yeah for sure you can get like insane yeah, compared true. to airbnb you're like half the price or third the price that's a good point public. yeah these are probably 12 month prices versus what we're saying it's like a, a month you're, you're you're paying yeah. a premium for short term and for furnished and all of that so yeah maybe right. living in these places for 12 months these are the more of the prices so yeah what we're kind of going to give you the the sort of one month airbnb comparison yeah, but yeah I, I think gonna have to definitely would still come in at, at under a thousand for some where you want to live for sure yeah okay i'm gonna go up north to san cristobal de las casas which is close okay. to southern is southern mexico very very close to guatemala very high in elevation so it's not it's not the mexico that everybody expects with the beaches and the warm weather it's actually pretty temperate i mean you're not getting much above 65 degrees fahrenheit it can get kind of rainy it's very high in elevation. It's about 8,000 feet. So it was like 2,500 meters or so. So you're getting like a much different Mexico than you would expect. But with that, you get this amazing, it's basically like the city in a bowl, completely surrounded by these beautiful mountains everywhere. And this city was actually, it kind of started off as like a backpackers type of place, which is Usually the progression that you see with a lot of these places, kind of like Bocas del Toro and, and some of these other places in, in South America where people would start as backpackers and then eventually digital nomads would find it and to Diego Chagrin Selena would find out about it and all of a sudden, boom, you've got <laughs> digital nomads all over the place. So it's in that crossover phase right now where you still got a lot of backpackers and then you've got some digital nomads, like there's just one co-working space in the city which is really really nice but there's only one right so we got in really really early and we're glad that we did because there was so much to do around there on the weekends within two hours three hours max you can have some of the biggest adventures of your lifetime and you can do it for insanely cheap so like just going through the list here actually let me just give you one anecdote i went and got a breakfast one day i got let me try to see if i can remember i got scrambled eggs i got beans i got toast I got a juice, I got a coffee, and I got plantain. So I got six things, and it was $3.85. And that was it. My entire, like, half the day was done. So you can eat insanely cheap. It's the cheapest that you're probably going to find in Mexico, to be honest with you. So if you're looking for value in Mexico, if you're looking for good co-working, something a little off the beaten path that's kind of different from what you'd expect, awesome spot. Prices according to this list, you're looking at four eighty nine for an inexpensive restaurant that checks out for two people eighteen bucks a McMeal seven forty six no discounts Ooh. at McDonald's no nothing there <laughs> no discounts Weird. on McDonald's domestic beers. everything is inexpensive except for McDonald's apparently <laughs> I've, I've yeah yeah sometimes you see that and alcohol just doesn't like sometimes jive. Yeah. But the local uh, food in Mexico, and I bet, and yeah. I haven't been to San Cristobal, but I'm sure it's amazing. 
Oh yeah, it's, I mean, well, same things. Like it depends as with everything. Where are you gonna eat? Yeah. Are you gonna eat super fancy or not? You could just live off street tacos at a quarter per taco and spend three bucks a day, and you're good. You get twelve yeah. tacos. So theoretically, you really could live, <laughs> and it would be really good. It's fresh made stuff. Like you can live a pretty decent life off tacos. I, I can promise you that. But also, it, it kind of depends on the way that you want to live. Yeah, but I have a lot of friends. I feel like I was in Playa, which we'll get to at some point, with a friend who had just gotten their email, and he, he literally did just like live off of cheap tacos because like, these are so good. Like I want nothing else. So, you know, if oh, that's your style, fantastic. go for it. Street tacos, amazing. Rent, I think I was in the neighborhood of, I think I was paying about... 24 bucks a day something like that whatever that comes out to was 20 24 bucks a day times 30 days in a month it's like 24 times 30 yeah so 720 bucks for a really really nice place could have gotten cheaper it says on here you can get as low as 277 i just put the difference say you're about 500 to 750 something like that so you can this is one of those places that fits into that first list of just easily under a thousand bucks Nope. Yeah, that really goes under. No, no problem. And also up and coming, you'll see this pop up on a lot more list once people figure out about it. So get there. <laughs> you first. heard it here, folks. <laughs> you heard it here and get there first. Okay, let's move down south a little bit. Marissa, let's talk about Bocas del Toro in Panama. All right, number nine. So we got this one and one more for you guys. So Bocas del Toro. I lived when I was there. Don't tell Diego. I actually stayed at a Selena because <laughs> I stayed on a little. So Bocas is is sort of this this shame. island. It's it's no, I just shame. It is in the north of the country, like almost close to Costa Rica. And some of the main parts of Bocas are pretty backpackery, which I was, you know, I was there to work and and uh-huh. and do my thing. So I stayed on this little island, like off of the main island, and it was Selena was like the only place that had Wi-Fi on this island that was stable and decent. And even then, it was questionable sometimes. Cause it was such a small little island. But I'm trying to remember. I can't remember the exact price I pay, but again, under a thousand dollars a month, you can easily get some apartments in Bocas for probably five to seven hundred dollars that are not going to be it's it's kind of like caribbean island so you're it's not going to be like crazy new modern beautiful places you're going to feel that sort of caribbean island sort of apartment i don't know it's it's a different vibe there but you can definitely find places for under a thousand dollars for sure the food i feel like actually it's it's not as cheap as some of other parts of Central America or even some of Eastern Europe or hmm. Asia. I'm trying to remember. I was, I was there back in 2019, so it's been a while. But I want to say meals probably cost maybe like five or six dollars just for a typical sort of like you know run a run of the like go a place where you kind of go and work and hang. I'm curious what the, what it gives you the prices of McDonald's and all the things, but either way, it's it's mm. affordable. It's a cool, funky little island. The, it's not some places there are some beaches, but it's also the sort of place where you've got just the sort of docks and boardwalks that go over the water, and like everywhere you go, every restaurant is kind of everything's just sort of mm. on the water, and it's just a laid back, cool little place in Panama. So you've you've got Panama City as well, which a lot of nomads do like to go, but more for that city living. But Bocas is just yeah, funky island beach life. I'm wondering if that's a better recommendation for our audience than I've stayed in Puerto Viejo, which is just north of that in Costa Rica, about an hour, yeah. where, where people do that that classic border hop for a couple of days so that they can renew their visa. Yeah. But the thing that you get with Puerto Viejo, I mean, you get a lot of the same 
kind of atmosphere. The weather is identical, obviously, but it's that insane Costa Rica prices. I mean, we're yeah. you're spending. 15 bucks for a ceviche i mean you're spending san francisco <laughs> prices whereas you can go down to bocas del toro and like you said you was like five five to ten bucks a meal i think you said something like that this one's telling me yeah, seven right. seven bucks yeah, Costa Split Rica, the difference. people yeah, yeah that sounds right so with costa rica is definitely i would say of central america probably the most expensive of the places a lot of people mm-hmm. nomads com- com- i say complain like about the prices just compared to a lot of the rest of latin america so yeah bocas is just a cool little kind of alternative there's some amazing amazing beaches i remember going there i didn't have many friends at the time who who had been especially friends from home like no one everyone's going to costa rica not panama and I just remember thinking, why is no one going why? here? It's it's amazing, yeah. yeah. So Panama's awesome. I would I would say there's some mm-hmm. definite hidden hidden gems in terms of the beachy islands that I love, and some cool inland exploring too. So, yeah. What does it tell you on on your fancy analytic website for couple, our prices? <laughs> a couple numbers for a restaurant: seven bucks. What's the difference of what we were saying? Two people mid range fifty five bucks. That's probably the highest we've oh. seen. McMeal eight bucks versus eight bucks oh, cool. zero. Zero discount, no love for McDonald's if you're going to Bocas del Toro. <laughs> Your beer is going to be a buck fifty. I know because yeah, it's that cheap, cheap Panamanian. It's that cheap Panamanian beer, which we don't care care about anyways. And then lastly, not much data on apartments actually, so we're just going to have to take your word for it. Trust us, <laughs> yeah. But Trust again, us. with everywhere you can We've find been all, there. all sorts of options. Yeah, you can dig into. Yeah, been a couple of years, but all kinds we'll do of it. lists. Right. Last one. Should we move on to number 10? Last on the list. Your All right. Second Again, this home? is not exclusive of the world, guys. These are our top 10. My second home, Playa del Carmen, Mexico. It's one of those places that I keep going back to. I love it. Playa is, so I'm from Atlanta, Georgia, for those of you who, who don't know where Atlanta is. It's, it's in the south of, of in the U.S. And so for me, it's a really easy flight to Cancun and then like a 45-minute drive. It's just as easy for me to fly there as it is to New York, pretty much. So it's it's just an, an easy one. I feel like anytime I go there, I automatically know 10 other nomad friends who happen to be there. Like the nomad community is amazing. What I love about Playa is you kind of get all the conveniences of a city. And by that, I mean, anytime I Google something that I need, if it's like an electronic, a weird like medication or I don't know, some sort of like gear or food or supplement, like whatever, like it's always a block away somehow. Like everything is so convenient there. And then you're right on the beach. So you can get some pretty touristy places. There's a lot of really touristy hotels. But if you're back a couple blocks, it's really more about the nomad life. Yeah, Playa is different. It's it's not as authentic Mexican food as you'd get in a lot of other places in Mexico. It, it sort of popped up as a tourist destination, and it feels that way. That being said, it, it's just kind of a good, like, if you think about what you'd pay for be- beach, you know, a couple blocks from the beach in California or in the States somewhere, you know, you're talking thousands of dollars in rent versus Playa, you can certainly find some pretty nice apartments for under $1,000 per month. So I, yeah, I don't know. I just love it for the nomad community. Good Wi-Fi, good weather. There's tons of amazing, like, day trips you can do to other islands nearby, other inland destinations it's it's just kind of a i don't know it's it's got everything i need and and like and all the nomad friends and it's it's an easy one for people who are looking for east coast hours or you know u.s sort of time zone but yeah what are what are you seeing on your numbers 
Well, I mean, just as a first off, everyone's there. <laughs> Even if you're a first timer yeah. and you know no one, just go there and meet somebody. Simple can, as that, it's right? It's very but, easy to meet people there. Yeah, there's tons of co-working spaces and tons of like WhatsApp groups and events yeah. and like trivia night. Like there's just so easy to make nomad friends there. Yeah, I mean, we're coming up with these lists and, and we're always talking about places that check all these boxes. You have a lot of the developed nation amenities that you're looking for, your Wi-Fi, your ease to food, your good accommodations. And does it satisfy the under X amount of dollars per month? This one is like it's probably top of the list, right? That right there next to yeah. to Bali, where it like Bali, definitely Mini, Flyer, the top three. Yeah, just definitely like a no doubter. Like somebody says, where do I want to get? It's, it's got to yeah. be cheap. It's got to be easy. Those three, boom, boom, boom. Just go. Just book three tickets and and yeah. you're good to go. Yeah. <laughs> no surprises here on the analytics stuff. So your inexpensive restaurant, four bucks and forty cents, dirt cheap. Meal for two yeah, twenty four. McMeal five fifty five. Your beer's gonna be one eighty three. There's no surprise here. Your rent looks like it'll probably run you. I don't know seven seventy five per month. Does that sound about accurate? Yeah, and again, that's probably I would say it's gonna be closer to that a thousand mark to get like a, a you know if you're only staying a month or so on Airbnb. But yeah, you you could certainly find somewhere for five to seven hundred dollars a couple blocks in a different direction or somewhere a little less. You know, whatever especially you want. if you're sharing with somebody. A lot of times we share with people it locks down that price a little bit. Yeah. You can get in definitely under that. So again, with the caveat, you can travel in many different ways. You can travel like a princessa, like myself, or you can travel like a very frugal person (laughs) and knock that way under that $1,000 threshold. It really depends on you. But we could say confidently with this list, you could do some easier than others. You could do under a thousand bucks per month in any one of these locations. And they're all awesome. Any final thoughts, Marissa? Yeah, I do have one final thought. So that wraps up the kind of 10 locations. I I just do want to be mindful as well, as Jeff and I are talking about, like going to these other countries and and taking advantage, I say taking advantage of these differences in cost. It can get into sort of the gentrification and some of the downsides of digital nomadism as well, which I, I just want to address because... There are a lot of places, like when I think about Bali or or anywhere in the world, you know, even if you think about neighborhoods, you know, there's a lot of people coming in where if you're coming from a U.S. or you know North American or European salary and going to somewhere in Asia or going to somewhere in Central South America, you're coming in with with you know you're making money in a different currency that goes a lot of way, and it does unfortunately tend to push out a lot of local people who then can't afford to stay in those neighborhoods that they might not have been in or or that. So it's just, you know, there, there is no, you know, perfect solution. It's just something I like to at least call out so you're mindful of. And as you travel to these places to be, you know, pay, I like to, you know, give tips that I can to go to people who are, are, are working in the service industry or support local places in the community. So anyway, just, I don't know if you have any other thoughts, but something to be mindful of. Like, I don't want to sound like we're just like, hey, it's cheap to go take over these other places on, on our salaries. But it does, it does in some ways help the local economies in some places. I know during COVID, for example, Bali relies, I want to say it's like I'm, I'm making this number up, but, you know, a large percentage of their their income and revenue does come from tourism. So without it, some of these places really don't function as well. But it's also like where you sometimes can displace people, too. So just, yeah, be a conscious traveler. Know what you're doing. Talk to local people. Help out where you can. And I don't know if you have anything to add to that. 
Yeah, I think a lot of people make the mistake of just saying, oh, well, I'm giving money to the local economy, which they need, which is true with like a double-edged tongue, right? Like it's true on one side and it's not really true on the other side. It really depends on where you're spending your money. So, for example, if you do yeah. if you do go to, say, Bocas del Toro in Panama and you go and give all your money to a Marriott or a Selena, that is money that could have otherwise gone to a local, like a, a local B&B type of place or a hostel or something like that. So yeah. that money went directly from, it's, it's a one-to-one relationship between these big conglomerates getting your money and these small mom and pops, yeah. nice places that you can get into not getting that money. So you can actively push them out of business if you're not careful about where you're shopping, where you're getting your yeah. accommodations from. So it's something that is is definitely worth being mindful. Just take a look at where you're renting from and and see like is is this something that is going to help or is this something that where I am just clearly exploiting a good exchange rate. Right. So it's it's a yeah. it's definitely a good thing yeah. to keep in mind, especially in a lot of the places we travel. We don't have to think about this because, you know, it's it's pretty close to ex- the same exchange rate. But in this list in particular, I'm really glad that you brought that up because that's very true. Yeah. Yeah. It's important to think about. So, again, there's you know part of the digital nomad life is finding, you know, so many people live as expats and they do move to other countries because you can get a great exchange rate, but be mindful as well. And yeah, just, just food for thought, no perfect solution, but I just like to, to bring up those topics as well. And I think they're important to at least discuss. So any other, any other last thoughts, Jeff, just in general? No, I think we, we probably did a decent job at this list. I think there's, (laughs) there's a, a lot more avenues we can go down. So if you have any places that you want to add to a list of any places that you want to know about that we may have been to send us a note hello at beachcommute.com we could possibly add it to another podcast we could just we, we write back everybody so you write us in we'll write you back you got a question send it in to us we love talking yeah. about this kind of stuff all the time anything else marissa you look like you had something yeah, so just no. I was just gonna say to that, we've actually done a lot of podcast episodes from someone emailing us and saying, "Hey, could you talk more about X, Y, or Z?" So if you've got any digital nomad questions, thoughts, topics you want to know, as Jeff said, send us an email. Hello at beachcommute.com. Also, if you like the podcast, leave us a review. It helps other people find it as well. Keeps us going. That would be so helpful on iTunes or Spotify. And then otherwise, if you want a job that you can do so you can travel to these places and work remotely, check out beachcommute.com slash 91. That will give you a list of 91 jobs that people in our community, actual digital nomads who we know and travel with, are doing. So you can get some cool ideas if you're feeling a little lost as well. I'll put you on our email list and get tons of great resources as well. So with that, I think that's it, Jeff. That's it. We'll see everybody next time. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye.